Thank you for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app. We're finishing the mystery series with today's message, Persistent Faith. We often become discouraged in our faith when we don't see God moving in our lives. But when we start to step out in faith or put our money where our mouth is, that is when we'll see God move mountains. We can speak about our mountains all day long, but they will only move when we start being persistent and with boldness be strong in faith. I'm healthy. I'm planning to live a long time. But if I die, don't throw away your faith because I died. The Bible says let God be true and every man a liar. In fact, here's the truth. Suppose I died. You can't lose if you're a believer. Do you understand that? If, if you get healed, you win. If you die, you win. You see, because this is a Hebrews... Hebrews 9, verse 14 says this. Listen, it says that through, speaking of Jesus, that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death. See, when a Christian dies, you're not going to death. You're going through death. You're on your way someplace. You go through death, but that's not where you're staying. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If, if I lose, I win. You cannot lose. Because if you die, you win. If you get healed, you win. Amen. Now, again, I'm not planning on dying. I'm living a long time. You bet. Jeannie, she needs my help. She just does, you know. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have been healed by God at some point in your life? You know that to be true. So don't throw away what you know to be true because of what you don't understand. Acts 14 and verse 7. It says, And there they preached the gospel. The translations, and they were preaching the gospel there. So what were they preaching? Gospel. That's what they were preaching. Um, when I taught in Bible college years ago, this is what we would tell our students. You get what you preach. You preach on salvation, people are going to get saved. You preach on deliverance, people are going to be delivered. You preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, people get baptized in the Holy Ghost, right? So there they preach the gospel. And we want to look at what results come when they preach the gospel. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. What's Paul doing? He's declaring the, the gospel. Paul observing him intently and seeing he had faith to be healed. So if this guy is listening to Paul and receives faith to be healed, what's Paul talking about? Healing. And what is he preaching? The, the gospel. He's preaching the God. Part of the gospel is healing. When Jesus sent out the 12, he said, heal the sick. When he sent out the 70, he said, heal the sick. When he sent out the church, he said, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll lay hands on the sick, all right, and they will recover. So this man is listening to Paul, and as he listens, he receives faith to be healed. 
Paul looks at him and can see he has faith to be healed. Now, here's my question. Is he healed physically? Not yet. But he has faith to be. He has faith to be, but he's not yet. Right? Now, there's two things about this. First of all, Romans 10 in verse 9 says, with the heart, man believes. Where do you believe? With your heart. You see, what we normally want is we want to see it in our body, and then we're going to believe it. But the way the Bible works, Bible faith works, is you believe it in your heart before you ever see it on the outside. For with the heart, man believes. Jesus said, Mark 11, he said, what things soever you desire when you play, believe you receive them and you will, future tense, have them. So you believe it first before you ever see it with your eyes. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see, your faith sees it before you ever physically see it or feel it. So this man has faith to be healed but he's not healed yet. There's no physical manifestation yet. Now, what Paul knows is that faith has to be released. There has to be a point where you release your faith. Um, you know, our, our family, we, we are, are big deer hunters. And um, to me, the best example of this is deer hunting. Right? You're sitting there, You've got your gun, it's loaded, you've got your ammo, your scope is all sighted in, and the deer walks into the clearing. You have to pull the trigger. If you don't pull the trigger, the deer is going to walk off. You've got everything you need, but you've got to pull the trigger. And the same thing is true with faith. There has to be a point where you pull the trigger, where you release your faith. It's often called a point of contact. So Paul said to him with a loud voice, he said, stand straight up on your feet. He got him to release his faith. And when he did, he was instantly healed and he leaped and he walked. The woman with the issue of blood, she comes up behind Jesus. She's saying, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And by the way, the Greek says she is continuously saying, she's just saying it, she's saying but when she touched, she believed. See, and, and that's why we lay hands on people. It's a point of contact for you to say, now I believe. That's why people are anointed with oil. It's a point of contact to say, now I believe. That's why you say amen at the end of your prayers. It's a point of contact where you begin to believe. But there has to be the point where we stop saying it's going to happen and I receive it right now. What things ever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them when you pray. And then you will, future tense, have them. Again, in Mark 11, Jesus is talking about faith, and then he talks about the number one hindrance to faith. And he says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. When we have unforgiveness in our hearts, it's a roadblock to faith. It, it, it like it uproots our faith. In Ephesians 4, it says, be angry, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place or opportunity to the devil. When we hold unforgiveness, it's like an open door 
for the enemy to come in. And Jesus said that it basically, it paralyzes our faith. So we can't not let that unforgiveness into our hearts. Now in uh, Acts, the fourth chapter, the disciples have literally, they've been warned by the, by the, 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 the religious leaders and, and they've been punished and they're, they're threatened, right? And they get back to their group, Acts 4. They've just healed the man who is crippled from his mother's womb. It says, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness, we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So here's what they're saying. They're saying, God, we need you to heal, to do signs and wonders so we can proclaim your word with all boldness. In other words, when miracles happen, it's easier. When healings happen, it's easier to be bold and preach. Right? When, mirror, when, 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 when we don't receive a miracle or a healing, the tendency is to back off, right? to stop. That's why so often churches stop preaching the word because something happened. Somebody didn't get healed. But the Bible does not change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Again, he sent out the 12. He said, heal the sick. He sent out the 70, heal the sick. He sent out the church. He said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And in James, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick. Now, it's a fight. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. He's saying, I did not give up. In Ephesians 6, it says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, the powers, the rulers, the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. It's telling us that the Christian life, it is a fight. It's a fight. Now, Jesus is talking to his disciples about this, this very instance where this boy is healed. And he says, if you just have a mustard seed of faith, right? And he says that in the word, the littleness, littleness of your faith. The Greek word uh, does not refer to the size of the faith, but it denotes how long they hang on to their faith in the midst of the fight. It's not that you have a little quantity, but it's about how long do you hang on in the midst of the fight? In other words, it doesn't take much faith, just a mustard seed to move a mountain, but it does take persistent faith. It takes faith that keeps going, faith that does not give up, faith that does not throw in the towel when things don't look right on the outside. In Ephesians 1 in verse 18, Paul is, in this book, this letter to the Ephesians, he puts two prayers in here. Now, these are prayers inspired by the Holy Spirit. But he's going, he knows that these prayers are going to be literally prayed by Christians. He, he tells them in other letters, you know, share this with the other churches. Be sure you read all these other letters that are being written, epistles. 
So he, he has the, 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 the foresight to understand these are going to be read by millions and millions and millions of people. They're going to be prayed by millions of people. So this is what he says. He doesn't pray like most of us, but we say, God, bless them. God, help them. God, anoint them. God, use them. God, heal them. God, deliver them. Those are the types of prayers we pray. Now, here's what Paul prays. I pray that the eyes of your heart enlightened may be able to comprehend the hope to which he has called you and what are the rich benefits of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So instead of Paul say, pray that God do something for you, he prays that we would be able to see what God has already done for us. Not like we're trying to get God to do something, but he's saying, look, I am praying that your eyes will be open, that you will have revelation of what has already, what are the benefits? Not trying to get God to do something. What are the rich benefits of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And by the way, as, as I hear that rich benefits, the first thing I think of is Psalms 103, which says, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who, who, who uh, excuse me, who forgives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from destruction, satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. What's he, what, what, what is he saying? He's saying we need revelation of what God has already done. We don't need to talk God into doing something additional. We need to realize that everything that we need was already paid for in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. One last thought, Isaiah 53. The prophet Isaiah is writing about 700 years before Jesus is born. And he looks down, if I can say it this way, a prophetic telescope. And he sees Jesus go to the cross. And this is what he writes. I've got a couple translations here. I want to start with Dr. Isaac Lesser's translation, which is basically the Jewish translation for Jews. A man of pains, acquainted with disease. But only our diseases did he bear himself. And our pains he carried. And through his bruises was healing granted to us. Basic English, he was a man of sorrows marked by disease, but it was our pains he took. Our diseases were put on him. Well, to us, he seemed as one diseased on whom God's punishment had come. See, Jesus at the cross, just like he took our sins, the Bible says he took our diseases. In the New Testament, it says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, he cast out the spirit with a word, healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. Part of the gospel. It's not a side message. It's part of the gospel. And as a believer, I want to encourage you Start praying for people if you're not and keep praying for them if you are. You're going to see people healed. You'll probably see some people that aren't healed. 
But don't throw away what you know to be true because of what you don't understand. I hope you've enjoyed these question sessions with Pastor Dwayne. In the last sit down with him, we're talking again about healing, grief, and atonement. If you have any questions on your own, please contact us through the app or email info at walkingbyfaith.tv. We're right in the middle of your message on mysteries. Mm -hmm. And uh, love the title, love the topic. Uh, so many things in the Bible as a Christian, you think you got to understand it all. You know, you got to have it oh, down. Yeah. And, and it's really been helpful to hear that there are some things that we're not meant to understand because we're not God. Our brains are not large enough to consume <laughs> any of that. What do you say about somebody who doesn't receive a, a healing? Is there, is there a way to look at it that's biblically appropriate that, that God rescued them from their situation? It is true that they were rescued. No doubt about it. Uh, I would say that to a believer, you can't lose, right? If, if a believer dies, they win. Yeah, they go to heaven. They go to heaven. And if they get healed, they win. So there, there, there is, there's no, there's no way to, in my mind, you know, we, 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 we sing that song, you know, one glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. And then the doctor says, you're going to die and you cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you ought to just reach up there and kiss him. Yeah. <laughs> and say, praise the Lord, I'm going to go be with Jesus. Right. All right. Um, that's really how we as believers should think. Right. Um, it, it's we, we live in a fallen world and we're, we're very affected by that fallen world. Mm -hmm. But we need to understand that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We're going to be to, in his presence. It's com complete and full joy. We're going to be with our loved ones again. Again, the Bible says you're gathered to your people. Mm. Um, death, it's an enemy. And especially as we look from this side. But we need to recognize when somebody dies, they go to heaven. Their loved ones are waiting for them. Right? You know, it is a time of reunion. You said going to or going through. Yeah. Going through death with death being a new beginning. Mm -hmm. That's, I kind of think, what is hard for me to understand is all I know is this life. Yes. And so being happy about passing on would be difficult because I have people here that I love. Yes. But if you take an eternal perspective to it, your point is there should be a certain amount of joy that comes with it because you do know where you're going. Yes. And you do know that you're going mm -hmm. to live forever and you're going to see your loved ones again. Uh, but that mourning period that you talked about is the time where in the natural we embrace the separation from those that we yeah. care about yes. with the hope the Bible says we have hope for the future. future. Yeah. yeah, and it's the blessed hope. It's awesome. Well, let's talk about uh, your, your emotions and, and the emotion of grief right. and how that impacts you. Well, first of all, it's, it's, an, it's natural and it's, and it's right, right? As we said before, death is an enemy. Mm. And so when somebody dies, it's not a great thing. No. no, the Bible says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. So it's, it's an enemy. And then secondly, we aren't going to see that person for a while. But some people literally become overcome with grief. 
there is a great example of this. In fact, I love that the Bible tells us to follow the faith of Abraham. So Abraham and Sarah are married for how many years? <laughs> 70 years, you know, and she dies. And, and the Bible says that he mourned and he grieved for her. And then it says he went to the sons of Heth and he says, sell me a burial site. He said, that I may bury my dead out of my sight. Oh, okay. Okay. So they sell him the burial site. He buries Sarah. Now, he grieved for her, all right? In uh, depending upon how close that person is to you, you know, um, they tell us normal is from uh, up to 30, even up to 90 days. It, it might be, you know, your spouse. It, it might be um, a sibling, um, a parent, right? But at some point, You've got to put that out of your sight. And I think it's very interesting. Abraham then gets married. Now, Abraham is 133 years old. <laughs> the dude gets married. Go Abraham. <laughs> Go Abraham. He marries Keturah and he has six kids. Mm. All right. So he didn't stop living. But did he grieve? He absolutely, he grieved. But he said, at some point, you've got to say, all right, I'm alive and I'm going to continue to live. And, and it's such a sad thing when people do not do that, right? And again, 1 Thessalonians 4, we don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have died, those who sleep. Least you sorrow as others who have no hope. Because when a believer dies, it's, we sorrow. Mm. There, there, there's grief. Death's an enemy. We aren't going to see them again for a while. But... but we understand what the Bible tells us here, all right? That if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, right? So we understand there's redemption. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And even the day is gonna come when they're gonna come back with the Lord, all right? And the Bible goes on here and it says, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain are the coming of the Lord. Uh, this to me is so important. So many people think that Christianity is, is how can I say this? It, 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 it's pie in the sky. That, that it's, a, it's a temporary thing, simply uh, going to help you. It's a morality. You're going to live a better life. But every New Testament author talks about Jesus coming again. And when he comes again, the Bible tells us the saints are going to be with him. Right? In fact, right here, the last verse of the third chapter, it says, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Jesus is coming back with his saints, with all of the believers. Somebody says a saint is somebody who was really, really holy. No, a saint is any believer. Any believer the Bible refers to as a saint. Right? And it says that just as sure as we believe Jesus died and rose again, God is going to bring with them all those who have died in Christ and those that are alive at the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming again. Some people, some believers are going to be alive when Jesus comes back. will by no means go ahead of those who are asleep or who have died. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. I love it. The believers are coming back with the Lord. Their bodies come out of the grave and meet the Lord. And that's the point where we get that new resurrected body 
where corruption puts on incorruption, where mortality puts on immortality. And the Bible goes on and says, and thus we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. It's telling us you are going to see your loved ones again. That just because their body died does not mean you won't see them again. All right. And um, I know we're talking right now about healing and about mysteries. Some people say, well, if if you're not going to get sick, how are you going to die? Well, your body simply gets old and it wears out. Mm -hmm. Moses, God just told him, climb up that mountain and die. Same thing with Aaron. Right. So so you don't need to be sick to die. Mm -hmm. you, your body's going to wear out. And the real you that lives on the inside is just going to step out and go and be with the Lord. You talked about atonement. Okay. Unpack that a little bit. That word is not something we use a lot yeah. in English language. What, yeah. what does that really mean? What is that? Oh, man. The, the, the word really means the price to, to be bought back. Okay. So to be atoned means that something has been paid for. So... Man fell, sin came into the world, the wages of sin is death. Those wages, that payment had to be made. Mm. And what Jesus did is he came and he paid our debt. In other words, we could say he atoned, he paid. So that means that because the debt has been paid, right? The Bible says it this way in Colossians. It says you're taken out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. Right? While the debt was not paid, Satan had a legal dominion, a right over us. Mm. Okay? But Jesus paid that price. And when he did, and we receive it, we are taken out from under his domain because the price has been paid and put into the kingdom of the son of his love. That's super interesting. The, the price that Jesus paid was his life. Yes. And his blood was spilt. You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. And because of Adam, we're under the kingdom of Satan and we are purchased back. Mm -hmm. And that the atonement then is that, that price that was paid. Yes. My dad always said uh, he paid too much. <laughs> I like for that. For us not to live for him. Yes. The price was too high. Mm -hmm. that, that God himself would come down and live as a man. Yeah. And give his life for us mm -hmm. in atonement for our sin. Yeah. It says uh, in Colossians 3, it says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now that curse is in Deuteronomy 28. And it's poverty. It's confusion. It's sickness and disease. In fact... Uh, at one point it says every sickness and every disease that's written and every sickness and every disease that's not written. And uh, we have been redeemed from all of that. Thank you for taking some time to talk to us about the mysteries that, you know, I think the, the term you said is the mysteries belong to the Lord. To the Lord. Yeah. And, um, you know, clearly our minds cannot understand everything that the Lord does. And this has been a helpful conversation to kind of unpack okay. that a little bit. Well, thank you so much. It's been great to be with you. And everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. And God bless you. We love you. Now, we've been talking about mysteries. And there are going to be things that happen in this life that you and I do not understand. And we won't understand until we get to heaven. But something that should not be a mystery is whether you're right with God, whether you're on your way to heaven. 
I've asked people, are you a Christian? And they say, well, I'm trying to be. This, and I say, uh, do you know where you're going to go when you die? And they say, well, I hope, I hope I'm going to go to heaven. But the Bible says, we have written these things to you that you may know that you have everlasting life. You see, you and I should know that we've got everlasting life, that we're forgiven, that we're right with God, and we're on our way to heaven. In fact, if we don't know for sure, we're not where we should be with God. The Bible says that these things are written so that the faith would come into our hearts so we would know. Now, the Bible says this. It says that whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I'd like to pray with you right now and call on the name of the Lord. And if you will pray this prayer from your heart, when you say amen, you're going to be forgiven. You're going to be right with God and you are going to be on your way to heaven. So would you right now, wherever you're at, if you can, I want you to pray these words out loud from your heart. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins and I believe he rose again, victorious over death, sin, and the devil. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. Jesus is my king. Jesus is my Lord, and I'm going to live for him. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer, that my past is gone, that I'm a part of your kingdom, and I am on my way to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you really are right with God. We will pray for you every day for the next month, and we'll get you some literature that'll help you in new year, new life. In fact, I wrote a book especially for when you pray this prayer and make this decision to help you keep growing spiritually. And we will get you a free copy of that book. I want to thank you so much for being with us and God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. If you have more questions on death, finances, children, relationships, or any other topics you'd like us to cover, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through our app or email info at walkingbyfaith.tv. Walking by Faith is used on and off the air to change lives all around the world. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can either visit walkingbyfaith.tv give, text ResGive to 94000 and select Walking by Faith in the menu, or select the giving icon in our app. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and on your favorite social platform by searching for WBF TV. Also, check out our app in your favorite app store. You can download past sermons, follow along with notes, speak confessions over your life, and so much more. Remember, don't throw away what you know to be true because of something you don't understand. Have an amazing week.